And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin an all-new Thursday. <laughs> I like that. Must watch radio. He's Gary. I'm Eric. I think I said that. Hello, Gary. We're welcome and, and uh, welcome and and or. and good morning. And or good and morning. Or. A lot to uh, talk about uh, today. Yeah. Uh, food prices will increase in 2023. How much? Mm. It was interesting because I was sitting here and, and Brian was, I could hear it from the other room, Brian was loading the USDA report. And they yeah, were talking right. about how much food was going to go up. And I went, right. whoa, okay, this really hasn't made a lot of news. But uh, less than last year, but still they expect the medians like 7%. Yeah. Yeah. For, for food, and that's right. all the way through right. uh, 2023, which is something that is going to affect everyone. We'll get to that. Uh, some economic, more ec- bad economic news uh, of, uh, out there uh, that's coming up. And it seems like, you know, it was interesting because it was about a week ago where you told me, hmm, uh, uh, these economists are now saying there may be a, you know, very, very mild recession. And since you, and that was based on what they were looking at that time. And yeah. since that point, there's been everything that's come out has been bad economic news and it's like almost as if they're saying okay this uh it could be it could be uh coming sooner and it could be worse than we thought. Yeah. It's amazing how the opinions change on that. I mean, we've talked about the projections for you know, for years and and how s- so many of them. I always go back to I don't know what it was 12 13 years ago where and it was the Obama White House was projecting what uh the GDP was going to be for the year. And you and we had the numbers of what they predict, predicted the year before that was completely off. And we said, well, you could just throw out a number and be closer. You know, what good is it for the White House economists to throw out something because they put such a positive spin on it? And that was the year that I just guessed. I said, OK, let me just take a guess. And it was the beginning of the year. I said, let me just take any kind of guess. And I think I said like something like 2.2 percent. And it ended up being 2.2 percent. Yeah, just uh, throw a dart, you know. Yeah. And it was the uh, this. It's funny because it was the CEO of Bank of America, who has been saying actually for a few weeks now, "Oh no, we we still see just a mild recession," and then announced the other day a hiring freeze. 
I'm guessing <laughs> that the bank CEOs, the big, the, the biggest of the banks, don't want to get into the mode of, oh, no, it's going to be a really bad recession. Although, just as soon as I say that, Jamie Dimon is saying, look, people are going to blow through their savings by mid-23, and it's all downhill from there. So, you know, it's hard to tell why the, the uh, Bank of America CEO is, you know, giving this uh, – rosier than anybody else forecast in terms of the private sector. Well, I, don't I, know. I you know, I, I guess when, when Jamie Dimon said that, we said through the middle of, and this, he said that a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was early December. I think. It was early December. Yeah. I, I knew it was like late, like seemed like November or December. He said that and you and I went, huh? And all of a sudden you saw retail sales down for December. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Did it hit earlier? Well, what's interesting is that we, you know, we watch the different feds and, and <laughs> what they're doing and it's, you know, it's all over the place. They adjust it on the fly. So it's 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 really just like the uh, it's the same nature of if the election were held today. Yeah, but it's not. Um, and now it's well, if the numbers came out today, here's here's our prediction. <laughs> and that's kind of the only model they have. But but it changes based on a report the other day. Uh, Atlanta Fed downgraded their report for q1 on the gdp or their 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 forecast um and they did it because of one which is exactly how they do it well we got new information this morning and it was housing numbers and i thought well okay hold on a second let's back up on this you know what they call the gdp now forecast for the atlanta fed well can you guys i don't know Stretch the boundaries a little bit because you've seen the interest rates going up. You know what that does to mortgages. You understand how it works when it comes to higher interest rates and mortgages and, and what will happen with with housing. You know, when you do that, um, the, we, we've been talking about this lately and somebody was uh, sent us a message or something that it, it wasn't about the you know the spending uh, that that the inflation was due to something else, and I forget I forget what they pointed to, and it was like, well, no, um, this is exactly how it works. The spending leads to inflation, leads to inflation. Then the Fed steps in and raises interest rates, and then that is designed to slow the market. That's the idea: is that you slow the market in hopes of bringing that inflation down. Right, and and you know, and many people say, well, we shouldn't be having the government programs that cause the inflation to begin with, and we shouldn't be having Fed policy that buys its own debt. Right. Because when you buy your own debt, it means you're printing more money without right. an increase in goods and services being yeah. produced by your economy, right. which, again, causes inflation. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, we would agree. It's it's interesting, the people that write us and say, I disagree with you, and it's like, well, no, you agree with us. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I always find that interesting. Right. Like, I completely disagree with you. You read it and you say, was you listening to our show? Because right. it's exactly what we said, maybe in a little bit of a different way. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, when you, this is this is interesting. I I believe that this year I have gotten more requests from the banks that I have my credit card to update my salary and you know, what my mortgage is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if there's a great sensitivity out there right now that the banks are looking at it saying, we need to verify yeah. more, more frequently 
because I went, I, I, some of my, you know, I mean, I've had my credit card, my first credit card I got in 1974. Mm-hmm. And so, and the rest of the credit cards I've had, I don't know, 30, 30, 35 mm-hmm. years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's, int- and now it could be because of my age and they might think I'm retired. Yeah. And no, I'm getting the same thing. Right. That. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm just, I'm finding it interesting. Are banks paying more attention to unsecured credit and who they give it to and monitoring it more? Especially if you have some big purchases and they just start wondering, okay, you know, with everything going, especially with the inflation, are they now financing their life? And the, here's the point. I, I, I haven't, I don't know, one time I think I did, but I, I always pay off. I always pay it off, you know, the entire balance. Mm-hmm. I never pay interest. Mm-hmm. And so I find it interesting that they're, and I don't know if they're doing it for everybody or it's just certain things that um, that set off the the bells and whistles, <laughs> the algorithms or whatever. Well, it used to be that there was a correlation to like the fourth quarter. Uh, people would ramp up credit card spending and and they would make larger purchases, and and that was mm-hmm. typical. And now the question is, and I have a, a family member who's been an underwriter for a uh, finance company for a long time, and it has changed. It really changed when you go back to the recession of 2009. Uh, it really changed back then, and it was the reassessment of, of where people are and also a shifting of the judgment because it's all relative. Who are the better uh, or, or more qualified borrowers in the marketplace? And uh, the standards changed on, on your FICO, where your FICO is. Well, you know, at one point, if you had a FICO of 700, that – Really wasn't great, but after the recession of 2009, <laughs> 700 was like, oh, you're in. And then it was, you know, so they, they kind of had to, it was all relative to, to essentially reassess, uh, who, who was, uh, who had the ability to repay and who did not. And now it is a, uh, it is a practice of all the major banks to, to constantly monitor that. One of the things is, is that with government regulations, they have to be careful because it is, it's costing them more money. More regulation means more money. We pay that, you know, for that as customers of, of those institutions. And then they come back and, and basically reevaluate as they did after 2009. And they say, okay, well, but we're going to ramp down your credit limit which is exactly what they did. And then the liberals went crazy because you started seeing a bunch of payday loan places pop up in poor neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that. This is it, it this is what they're what they're trying to do is say that people should get money not have to repay it and that businesses should be okay with that. That is everything that you you could sum up so much. What's wrong? College loans back then, mortgages, that it was okay to put, you know, we'll we'll create this whole thing with Fannie and Freddie. We'll create this subprime program, which ended up being a series of programs and products, including the Nina, the no income, no asset loan. (laughs) Just prove your breathing. 
just be here. It's like, let's try to go bankrupt. But it was, and, and that was the thing, is that, all right, but we'll bundle this paper and take it off your hands through uh, Fannie and Freddie. The see, but it was getting high ratings. It was getting high ratings because it had the implied backing of the United States. It was like putting college boys on a plane to Vegas and saying, you know, whatever you take to Vegas will guarantee you don't lose. Right. And, of course, it was going to fall out that way. And nobody points that out like we did for years and have for a long, long time, uh, going back to the September 30th, 1999 article in the New York Times about the the warning. That was what that article was about, the warning of the coming subprime mortgage uh, program and what a mess it would create. And it did. And that entire thing is, is again, this idea that people should have something because they exist and that they shouldn't have to repay what they owe. And that is so foreign to me. And I think to myself, because, you know, as you start thinking, because I've been told I'm over the hill, I'm not sure if I qualify, it's none of my business. Then I'm at the bottom (laughs) of that hill. (laughs) Waiting for me to catch up. And, And I think of things like, uh, the the property taxes because all right the mortgage is paid off you're retired you got to pay the property taxes you've got to you don't really actually own the home because that starts to accrue from day one in the tax year so you're you know you think about these things where and, and I'm always thinking my gosh I've got to make sure that I can you know have enough money in the bank to keep the, the property taxes going until, you know, I'm gone. Uh, and if I'm gone before my wife, that everything is taken care of and it's all paid for. Meanwhile, the entire world is going, I'm sorry, I don't have to pay for it. I don't need to pay for that. I know I took the college loan out, but it's I don't have to pay for well, that. Well, and, and it's, you know, just mentioning the, the, the by the way, very quickly, when I, uh, the one thought I got into my mind, I'm like, boy, it seems like my credit card company, I believe it was Citi, and I had made some big purchases. You know, I'm going to pay it off at the end of the month. Yeah. What I actually like to do just for the heck of it is I like to make, uh, I like to make, if I'm going to make any big purchases, I like to make it just a couple of days before the cycle kicks over. Right. And then you get two months before you have to pay it back. Right. And then without I, then interest. I, right. Without yeah. interest. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. I just do that for the heck of it. But I, I was expecting, I go, okay, well, they know I always pay it off. I said, I wonder if everything is cool for them and I haven't, you know, they they okay he hasn't retired he still has that income whether they're going to increase my limit in order to force me because i've got a great credit rating but in order to force me or they think there's a greater odds he'll pay monthly and pay us interest on it if that in, not that, not just being careful but saying yeah. okay our good customers all right oh okay they're borrowing a lot maybe they're not going to pay the balance off this month maybe that algorithm goes off and we can get some of the 17, 19% interest or what, I don't even know what they're charging now because mm-hmm. I don't, I never pay it, yeah. but I always wondered whether that's part of it. But the other thing is, and I was a bill collector, but, and, and you weren't, but you think the exact same way I did as a bill collector, you know, once you have that experience, uh, if I absolutely panic, I, I will panic about debt. Mm-hmm. I believe I owe it and have to pay it back. Mm-hmm. It's my debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you and I were raised. It's probably how the majority of our audience was raised. You pay it back. Mm-hmm. And there's a fear when you can't. And there's a pride factor when you can't either. Right. I took this out. I'm obligated to pay it back. Right. I'm obligated to take care of my own responsibility. 
So you take that mindset that exists in us that is lost on yeah. so many people that have college loans that just say, well, no, it's unfair, it's unfair, it's unfair, it's unfair. I wasn't old enough. I wasn't. You took it out. I took mine out. Yeah. I paid attention to it. Uh, you know, I when when I went to college and I paid it back before I had to pay any interest, I paid it off in a lump sum and kept it in the bank for right. four years yeah. and never really used it, but then worked all during college. Right. I mean, that's what you that's what you did. And all of a sudden, this mindset that, oh, you need to pay off my debt and then then be arrogant about it. There's an arrogance about it. Well, and, and you know, the thing is, is that uh, in, in any economy, nobody is completely safe. I mean, some are safer than others. And that's the only thing that banks can do is assess that ba- based on your income or, or anything else, you know, that they can qualify. But the mindset they can't gauge. And it changed after the recession. Remember, of 2009. Well, if the banks got theirs, then I want mine. And why should I have to pay it? And people were willing to walk away from their mortgage. And they were because they put zero down. They had no teeth in the game. Right. And the banks, we treated the, the government, treated the banks all the same. We're going to put money in the tills of all the banks because three of them right now are on the brink. And we don't want to rush on those banks. So we'll make it, you know, we'll put money in all the tills of, of the banks and that made it look like all the banks were on the brink. <laughs> and so now it muddied the waters. And I think that's always going to be the case with financial institutions, whether it's individuals or or companies. They have to do everything they can to keep up with who is solvent and who isn't. We got a great show ahead. 86690 Red Eye. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your batteries inspected by a professional technician if you smell any unusual or strong odors coming from the battery box. A pungent odor could indicate chemicals are escaping from a damaged or overcharged battery. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, I was just uh, looking at uh, some of the the audio. And I mean, looking at some of the audio, uh, looking at the video of, of the of Corrine Jean-Pierre. And we play the audio mm, for you. Yeah. Boy, she looks worn. No, she does. She I was looked, telling you this off the air She really yesterday. looked worn yesterday. Uh, that she looks like she has not slept in weeks. And that could well be the case. I mean, she looks absolutely worn down. And there's that's, by the way, that is a problem. And the reason it's a problem is because the media smells the blood in the water. Because their answers are changing. Their non-answers and the nature of them, they're changing. And we said... All along, they should have one line that they're repeating on that. And then eventually, the media would move on to something else because they'd realize it's a brick wall. But they couldn't keep the brick wall up. And now she looks exhausted. And that, too, is uh, the proverbial blood in the water. And they sense it. And, and I said, as we had, uh, said that the uh, the difference uh, with the president's number one, he's the president, if you look at it with the whole Mike Pence thing. But even yesterday, and I want to play this audio 
uh, from Biden spokesperson John Kirby, who was uh, out there yesterday, actually answering some questions, mm-hmm. which made people say, well, wait a minute, Kirby's answering some questions. Why can't Corrine Jean-Pierre? He's not giving the same answer. And then he says, you should go to her for the answers after he answered a couple. But let's play the first audio cut because this is the one. And everybody knows when it comes to the the top secrets out there, there's a difference between even a president and a vice president when they leave office and the fact that they could leave with some classified information than a senator having classified information at their personal residence. Yeah. Because as we talked about the skiff room that exists there, that you can't even have it in your office. And right. that's a huge problem. Here's uh, the uh, the uh, John Kirby yesterday. John, how hard is it to walk out of a skiff with classified material? Everybody who goes in to a skiff uh, knows what the requirements are to go in um, and knows uh, what the requirements are to go out. Um, you, you know, there's you can't bring personal devices in, and uh, you certainly can't uh, leave uh, with uh, material unless that material is appropriately secured. All right, and continuing, Kirby. From a national security perspective, you work in national security. How concerned are you, and does the system need reform? I'm going to defer most of the document questions to Kareen. The only thing I'd <laughs> say here is that uh, you're welcome. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that was the tell right there because they know he knows he was saying yeah basically i'm giving you a non-answer and directing you to somebody who's also going to give you a non-answer right and uh, here's Kareem jean pierre yesterday here we go can you assure the american people that when president biden and vice president Kamala Harris leave office no classified documents will walk away with them to places they shouldn't be So I'm going to be very careful here. Uh, As you can imagine, what I can say is repeat what the president has said multiple times. Uh, He takes classified information. Uh, He takes classified documents very seriously. Okay, she brought it back yesterday. Uh Takes it very seriously. Well, it's funny because if we we wanted to play like NBC News and edit that down, he takes classified information and just stop it there. She admitted that he takes classified information <laughs> that's what they would do that's what they would do during uh the uh, the trump administration exactly they would have used that see she admitted it she said quote he takes classified information <laughs> <laughs> just it to, is a direct quote just a zoom it's just some, it, some, it, it is yeah. insanity and 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 i don't again there there is no way around it now you've already you're you've created the mud and now you're you're in it, and nobody's going to pull you out of it. CNN poll: eighty percent of Democrats support the Department of Justice's probe into Biden's classified document scandal. Eighty percent of Democrats. Wow. Uh, that was a CNN poll. Eighty percent of Democrats. Eighty-eight percent of Republicans. Eighty-four percent of Independents. I want to talk to the twelve percent of Republicans who. Who aren't interested? <laughs> what are you doing right now? What's what's going on with you? And, yeah, and so and they continue doing the same thing that he takes it seriously. And like I said, that's become a joke. Yeah. It's a joke, and everybody knows it. And the more she repeats it, that's why the other day when I didn't hear her say it, 
I was like, did they realize they have to stop saying that and come up with another uh, s- uh, slogan? Yeah, non-answer. <laughs> non-answer. I like slogan. It's like right. He takes it very seriously because nobody. It's this has been an unmitigated disaster for the White House. Not only for the fact that they have found these, but the response of the you know the communications uh, uh, staff for the president just horrible. Yeah. It it is really bad, and so then you have the story that came out yesterday: a Hunter Biden email about Ukraine in 2014 looks suspiciously like it could have come from classified information. Uh, a leading GOP senator who was investigated, Hunter Biden, Ron Johnson, uh, uh, said hmm. uh, those uh, thoughts included uh, include the uh, predictions that. The uh, um, that uh, Petro Poroshenko would be elected Ukraine's president the following month, and some of uh, and some sort of decentralization will likely occur in the east. So he's actually getting mm. into some details uh, uh, on that. So mm. um, I find that really interesting, um, and because that's the one, as we have said. First off, that they're in different locations. Yeah. Secondly, the president's response from everything from no regrets, but more importantly, that he was surprised, which then Green Jean-Pierre said, well, he didn't know they were there. Are you saying that we've never heard him say he didn't say he knew he was there? He's surprised. So they're starting to parse words now. And she said, no, 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 no. What I meant was he was surprised. He was surprised. He was surprised. Then when she was asked specifically by Pete Ducey, is this a cover up? And she didn't say no. Well, you automatically get, when when you take that and you take the fact that they were found in different locations and they were separated. Yeah. And the, the I think the key fact, and every Democrat's worried about this. That's why you have nobody really defending the, the, the president yesterday. I think that they were, you know, everybody was trying to jump on the fact, any Democrat that, well, they, um, 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 uh, Adam Schiff and Swalwell should be on the House Intelligence Committee. It's like, you're not going to win that one either, by the way. <laughs> right. I mean, I right. saw Swalwell out there and, you know, Schiff out there. Oh, we're going to have time on our hands and we're going to go after. You had a relationship with a Chinese spy. Yeah. You're not going to sit on the House Intelligence Committee. Yeah, it's just uh, the. That was Swal- that's Swalwell. Right. And, 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 Swalwell yeah. and, and, and Schiff, as we yeah. know lied about Russia collusion. Mm-hmm. He lied about it over, and he lied about what the intelligence said. He lied to the American people about that multiple times. And he was the chair of that committee. Yes, he was. And yep. the idea of that is that he was in charge of the oversight and then lied about that oversight to the American people. It's why we have those committees, so they can be right. our eyes and not lie to us so that we can find the truth through those committees. And that's why he doesn't qualify. And in my mind, would never, ever be on that committee again. And so you can't even argue that point. But they they had to get, I believe, they just had to for a little bit. So is there anything else here that we can, you know, somehow blame on the uh, blame on the Republicans? And it really, really didn't work. And you saw the questions 
uh, at the White House press briefings uh, briefing uh, yesterday mm-hmm. uh, on so many different things, and now they're focused on the fact of okay, these things were you know the the Republicans here, these things were separate, you know they they were you know separated. Hey, we believe that this email may have had may have come from classified information from Hunter Biden. We know that Hunter Biden rented the uh, the the house. Uh, in uh, Wilmington, uh, uh, Delaware. So he was there while the top secrets were there. We know about the and 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 this is the the point the 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 tie in. And we said this from the very beginning. Watch the polls on this. If you've been paying, if you've been listening to us, and I was almost said paying attention. But if you're listening to us, of course you're paying attention. Uh, you know, we we had said watch the polls on this because this isn't just about top secret documents. This is about is there a tie to influence peddling. Well, and, and, and so and, you, now you have to ask the question um, now with, you know, with with uh, Ron Johnson saying, OK, this is this is what it looks like. You know, and there's and he points to a couple of things. But you you think about uh, the 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 governments that would want the the real time information, top secret information on on the world they've got their footprint everywhere and so they want access to get that real-time top secret information i think of rex tillerson um they brought him in as the former ceo of of exxon Mobil because he had that diplomacy experience which in some ways mimics what the uh that job would entail in other words you have to Go to these foreign companies or countries and tell them you want something out of their soil. You want to, and so you got to shake a lot of hands. The problem is, is that he wasn't uh, strong enough in Trump's eyes. And but the idea would be is that um, the governments and the private sector of the world, in order to to expand the economies of these countries, and and of course for their own national security or for nefarious reasons they need real-time top secret information and if you've got an indoor right there you've got a door into that top secret information real time you think about that what would the weakness be the weakness of course is and it's always when people do that when they um they uh essentially act against the interest of their own nation they do that for money quite often it was big money hunter biden was getting paid money based on zero experience it was all about access so now you introduce into it what access he had to top secrets and when you look at because this is you 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 look at okay what is the you know when you look at influence peddling all right what are you getting from Biden and what did you get all these years to continue when you look at the Penn Biden Center and the you know I, from what I've seen over the last uh, decade or uh, that if you look at the 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 uh, uh, you know over well not just the last decade but over the last because they've been out of office since when fifteen so if you look at I mean it was I saw the other day some of the figures that were saying that it was approaching over a hundred million dollars yeah 20 that, uh 2017 2017 yeah that that's yeah. that uh 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 when i say 2015 mm. okay i don't know what i'm thinking 2017 biden may have checked out early 
But when you look at it and approaching $100 million, what are you getting for that kind of cash? What are you getting? Right. Is that just, and the question investigators would ask, are you just getting the potential that he might be vice president or are you giving him the money because he has the potential of being president again or being the president and you've already received so much over the years, over the last decade, that you view that investment because of what you've already gotten worth the chance that he may become president? Well, then you- I've, that, because that's the one thing that you always sit back and say, why was there so much money involved in it? And the very reason that Obama picked Biden to be his Veep was his foreign relations experience. Now, we scoff at that. But then you, again, think about access. And so that would be a quiet indoor for anybody who wants to knock on it. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So if you look at the, the problems now, now that we're really through, what, uh, almost a little over two weeks, or about two weeks now, mm. completely into this scandal, right? It seems like a month, doesn't it? Well, yeah, you do the, I mean, the, uh, the, story, the story from CBS came out on the 9th. Okay, 9th, all right, yeah. so... Uh, okay, little all right, little over two weeks. Right, it seems like it's a month though. No, it and, feels like it's been going and, on. It, fe- it feels like it started mid year last year. And not only do you have the problem is you have the number of places where the the documents were found, the classified yeah. documents. You have the potential that these documents may relate to the influence peddling of the Biden family, and then you have. The fact that classified documents were found when he was a senator, yeah, and everybody right. knows yeah. that can't, there is no excuse for that one, right? Where you can look at you, you can look at, and they even talk about Trump. They they wouldn't go after Trump for having for mishandling classified information. They're looking at obstruction of justice yep. because he didn't want to hand them over, right? And with that's why with the the uh, Pence thing, it's just it's dying. We'll talk more coming up. Your calls to eight six six ninety red eye. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and the planet Earth, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you want. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Especially your enemies. Right. Yeah, tell your tell your enemy tell tell the people that philosophically disagree with you 
uh, about us because I'm not getting enough hate mail these days. Yeah, right. I love the meme. I saw it again. I see it every once in a while. It's kind of old. That spell check is my worst enema. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I laugh at it every time. I've gotten to that age where I can just rewatch movies and I can I can hear jokes repeatedly and they're they're still funny. I love that. I'm getting more mileage out of my entertainment. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, short-term memory, whatever it is, is, uh, I love that. <laughs> hey, let's, let's watch that movie. We saw it last week. Okay. <laughs> let's watch it again. Where was the story? Mm. There was a story I was looking at that, and I can't, uh, mm. gone and I can't find it. And it was on the, it was on the tough secret stuff. Oh, Yeah. Okay, I'm. I'm. Hopefully, I can find it here in a little bit. But it was just. Oh, here it is, right here. Yeah, this. Mm. This is the story. Mm. Fox had it, uh, and it actually came from CNN. CNN senior legal affairs correspondent Paula Reed reported Wednesday that officials within the Department of Justice are unhappy with President Joe Biden and his team over the handling of the classified documents scandal. Her comments came during the Situation Room with uh, Wolf Blitzer, who swam naked at our high school also. By the way, I have to get... <laughs> we, we've been getting... No, I've been getting the emails. I've been getting the emails, dude. Look, we, I don't yep, know, that's what we did back then. We, I, we swam naked. And, and, and it was this, this is... I don't even know how we got to it yesterday, but we, were, we got to... I, I don't even know how we... I, Honestly, don't know. I can't remember. I maybe I blocked it out. Yeah, but we got to the point where I was saying that in my high school that we we actually swam naked, and it was something that actually started in the nineteen. I looked at the history of it. Started in the nineteen thirties because of the filtration systems uh, on there, and boys like were wearing wool bathing suits, and women were not. And the wool bathing suits, the the wool would get caught in the filtration system, so it became a normal thing. Like in the nineteen thirties, forties, fifties. And 60s, and so we. I was at the tail end of it where you weren't doing it, but it was still had become basically the culture of the boys swimming naked. And so I had said, because Wolf Blitzer went to my high school, Kenmore West High School in mm. Kenmore, New York, outside mm-hmm. of Buffalo. And, and I said, and I just said, He probably still doesn't know what a bathing suit is. <laughs> and I said, and Wolf Blitzer. Because he's older. He's well, older than you. Yes, he is. Yes, by, by significant margin. Yeah, which is, I know, kind of hard to think about, but. And you may say is impossible, but it's true. <laughs> when I said yesterday, and Wolf Blitzer uh, swam naked too. Uh, but uh, some justice officials have been frustrated at times by certain decisions the Biden uh, team has made. For example, weeks after the Justice Department told the Biden team that they would be uh, reviewing uh, the case, the president's team searched the Wilmington home and didn't tell the Justice Department until they found the classified material, uh, Reed said. A notification wasn't required, but the lack of advance notice irritated some justice officials. Now we've also heard concerns about how the White House was not fully forthcoming with the public when the story first broke. Mm-hmm. They confirmed the discovery of the documents at the Penn Biden Center, but they failed to mention that uh, classified documents uh, had also been found in Wilmington. 
This is the bizarro thing. Mm. The White House, and that's why I wanted to bring this up, because the White House keeps saying, no, 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 we can't interfere in the investigation. And the Department of Justice, that therefore we can't be transparent. And the Department of Justice apparently is telling CNN we're angry at the White House for not being more transparent. Yeah. Wow. So that, well, but it, and and that's the other part too. We 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 looked at the the difference because that was what was brought. Obviously, we're looking at an article. Well, are people going to forget about uh, Biden now because of the uh, Pence classified uh, information scandal? No, mm. and the reason is because the multiple places where they were found, Marco Rubio saying they were from what we know, the way that they were found like that, that shows that someone was looking at them. They just yeah. don't. They don't separate. Right. Like that, that was a concern early on. Right. And then when we found out that uh, they found mo- a- after they had done, the lawyers had done the entire search that the FBI went in and did a 13-hour search and found more, they, they say items. We don't know how many documents. We mm-hmm. just know items that were found. The first thing that came to people's mind that know about the top secrets is they probably weren't in a folder. Because you can see it. The folders are clearly marked, mm-hmm. which means were these just separate pages of classified information that were around the house? So that was a problem. Uh, we know that uh, uh, because of the influence peddling of the Biden administration, Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson coming out and saying, wow, one of the Hunter Biden emails on the laptop sure looked like it came from classified uh, uh, information. So you have that. You have the fact that the Chinese, you know, where they were found in the Penn Biden Center, those documents, tens of millions of dollars, maybe closing in on a hundred million dollars of donations, many of those anonymous Chinese donations. And you say, why? What were they doing? You know, what were they getting from the from the from the Biden family or Joe Biden specifically? Because the brothers had nothing to offer. Uh, I I don't I don't think that uh, that uh, um that Hunter Biden was selling crack uh, to the Chinese for that money. It wasn't a drug deal gone wrong. I can't wrong. tell you he wasn't. <laughs> so so you ask, you know, what in the world is, well, then again, you're right. After Brittany Griner, maybe he was selling it because it's, be. you can do a long long jail term. Maybe they, they were getting them from him. And then the other one, the, the, the one that's like a slam dunk, which is like, oh, wow, that's the third strike, mm. is when we, they, they reported that uh, the, uh, some of the documents, uh, t- classified documents, came from when he was senator. And that's the one that just went, oh, wow. But then it's the way that the, the, they've responded and the way that they've answered. They've been so evasive, they look guilty. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the public right. senses, and that's why you look at it. The one eighty four percent of Americans, and I believe that was a CNN poll, eighty four percent agree with the Department of Justice having a special counsel for uh, Biden. Right. Those numbers are unbelievable, including eighty percent of Democrats. We said this a long time ago. There's two things that the public universally over the years does not like. They may hate the IRS, but they hate it when the elite don't pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. Because most people pay their taxes and don't like to pay their taxes. <laughs> right. and, and, and people are going to be in a foul moon, uh, mood between now and April 15th. They don't like it when you uh, are evade taxes. You don't get if you're if you're somebody who's viewed as 
well off or the elite and you don't you you evade your taxes that you actually commit the criminal act of evading your taxes they absolutely hate that and from a politician and the other thing that they hate is influence peddling and obvious influence peddling and that's why we said all along that's the problem that Biden has here yeah so well and you know you think about it too uh if there's frustration in the justice department or anywhere else that the Biden or that the Biden team is not being forthcoming. This goes to my theory. uh, And and as time goes on, you know, I think it's a stronger and stronger theory that not only is Biden not being uh, uh, forthcoming to the American people, he clearly wasn't being forthcoming to the DOJ. And I think there's a, a strong possibility that internally, He's not telling everybody the truth. And there's reasons that I think that his long history of lying about very odd things. Well, if he's willing to lie about just bizarre things, then he's damn sure willing to lie to anybody about things that matter and questions about his behavior. And then you look at the story and, uh, you know, the and, and what's going on here with that CNN story. That is right out of the, the Biden playbook, in my opinion. We're not going to tell you anything. I still think that everything is about, you know, in, in terms of any search, any further searches that the DOJ wants to do. I think they've hit a wall with Biden and his team. We're not going to, you know, because we talk about things like, well, and and I think it was Andrew McCarthy that wrote about this earlier this week or the end of last week, that the reason that the DOJ went in is because Biden did not want a Mar-a-Lago type situation with them serving a warrant. Well, let's reverse that. It's Joe Biden, his arrogance and his defiance on full display here he might be telling them you're not gonna you're not gonna serve a warrant on a sitting president i dare you and the doj is left now saying yeah well we we might be we're considering searching further i think it's quite possible he's looked at them and said you're not going to serve a warrant on me jack I'm the president, and you're not going to do that. And what does Merrick Garland do? You going to serve a warrant on a sitting president? (laughs) You can't write this. Hollywood and all of their creativity for all of time could not come (laughs) up with this storyline. It is no. just mind-boggling, but I, you, you, I, I ask that question because of the nature of this president as a person, and I think it's a strong possibility that that's exactly what's going on right now. No, that's a great, that's a great point. You're not going to put a warrant on a sitting president of the United States, right? You can't do you, you, you know, and and, and then, oh, 
Could you imagine if if Merrick Garland did that? There'd probably be calls in some quarters from Democrats. Oh yeah, for the president at that point to fire to Merrick Garland. Now, now here's the point, though. If it's a special counsel, which hasn't started yet, mm-hmm. the special counsel probably would get the warrant. I think they would, but it's still that indirect line of, well, but Merrick Garland assigned the special counsel and he shouldn't have and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, but, it's, yeah, but you don't have the public behind you on it. That's the problem. No, I don't think in behind. general, I don't think you do. Right. But the political mess that it would cause. Oh, yeah. Well, is undeniable. And Biden, in his defiance and his arrogance, is, I'm sure, saying to them, you're not going to serve a warrant. No, if that happened, we wouldn't have to do show prep for a month. Oh, my gosh. You just sit back. Maybe until the election, we wouldn't have to (laughs) do show prep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. On the off chance that you become stranded due to wintry conditions... It's important to be prepared and to know what to do. Consider carrying an emergency kit that includes a shovel, flares, jumper cables, first aid supplies, a flashlight, and spare batteries. If you become stranded, stay in your vehicle. Walking in a storm puts you at risk of being hit by a car, suffering hypothermia, or getting lost. Call 911 to request help. Store extra clothes in your cab so you can stay warm by wearing layers. If you have to run the engine for heat, Make sure that the exhaust pipe is clear of snow and crack a window to make sure that carbon monoxide doesn't build up in the cab. Also pack extra food and water so you don't have to go hungry or risk dehydration while you're waiting for help to arrive. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hardy, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. And to show you how big of a of a deal uh, it is uh the and what came out here in the the uh, from the last raid uh that uh, some of the documents found is when he was senator to show the seriousness of this there isn't anything that there isn't any insanity that I've ever seen that Dick Durbin would not promote right you know right. we've talked about senator durbin who uh will do such outrageous things as and disgusting things as comparing U.S. troops to the mass genocidal murderer Paul Pot, mm-hmm. as he uh, did uh, when talking about U.S. troops uh, guarding uh, a ter- terrorists at Gitmo, mm-hmm. uh, which he had to apologize for. So he will say anything. He will defend the indefensible. He can't defend uh, Biden on this when asked on Morning Joe on MSNBC, how could documents from, you know, classified documents be found from when biden was senator well it's a good question and i wish i knew the answer but i will tell you uh when it comes to members of congress and classified documents uh we go through an elaborate careful process even to read one of these pieces of paper uh and the thought of keeping them on our desk to get around to later or taking them home or out of the office is unthinkable at this level so i don't understand what has happened here 
Well, it's a good question, and I wish I knew. Oh, sorry, that's the that repeated, and, and and that's the problem is that you you don't have any defenders. There there there's nobody that that can even explain that. And as you point out, when you when Dick Durbin yep won't jump out in front of it for you, and even further goes on to say that's unthinkable. I have no idea how that happens. He's sounding just like uh, Ted Cruz on that same issue. You notice they can't even use a Trump excuse. Nope. No, that's a good point, because that's the thing, is that you would expect that. Yeah, Trump, but Trump. Trump. Yeah, but, but, Trump. but Mike Pence. But, yeah, but. And he didn't do that. Nope. Because it is mind-boggling how this happens. You know, there's so many questions here because of Hunter. Yep. And, you know, one of the things going through my brain is, all right, what else could you learn? Well, what do we know about China? Uh, the uh, proprietary t- technologies uh, and and how many have been stolen by China, not just from the U.S., but but a number of nations. And Hunter's trip to China. And, and all uh, of the, yeah. On, and, on on Biden's plane. Exactly. And all of these things where you would, you know, ask a question, okay, what, why would they want access? Well, gosh, classified top secret information includes a whole list of uh, global geopolitical and in even private sector proprietary items along the way that may not be classified in and of themselves, but would be, might be part of a classified or top secret memo because China is stealing something, intellectual property, or uh, China wants to look at intellectual property or is trying to do something. Uh, they want uh, to know what the landscape is with uh, uh, Ukraine and Russia and everything else. I mean, you want that constant stream if you're China or any other nation that's an enemy. You want that constant flow of that information. And my gosh... If if they had that that indoor with someone whose family member was vice president and is now president, that is scary to think about. And you have to also ask the question if Biden as a senator was able to get classified information and everybody says that's almost impossible. How did he get it? How did he get it? And were other senators at that point or other members of Congress able to keep classified information. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9... Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Good morning. Uh, Jonathan Turley was on um, Fox News the other day and had uh, this to say hmm. uh, about the uh, the document scandal. 
Well, the thing that really, I think, has derailed uh, the White House is that they latched on to this inadvertence defense and said that the president had, was surprised by all of these documents. Uh, that has really collapsed, and it collapsed fairly quickly. Uh, the reason is that these documents uh, eventually were divided and distributed to different points. Some of them were removed uh, from other piles, obviously. There was one document found uh, in the library. That suggests a purpose. That suggests that they were being used for something. I tell my students all the time, the one thing you don't want to do in a trial is insult the jury. You don't mm -hmm. insult their intelligence. And the White House has really, I think, crossed that line. I think a lot of citizens are using the president's tagline of, come on, man. I mean, what, do, at what point do you think we're going to sort of balk at this idea that you spent the last 14 years in a series of inadvertent classified document possessions? Okay. Hmm. There you go. And that's why you have 84% of Americans in the CNN poll. Yeah. And we've seen the polling immediately in this scandal, just a little bit over, you know, two weeks old. And we know the partisanship and tribalism that exist in the country today. Mm. When you get to that kind of point where even the liberal pollsters are showing landslide numbers for a special counsel for a president, you got a problem and you've got a credibility problem because yeah. nobody believes you. They understand the seriousness of it. And they also understand you're not telling us the truth. Yep. Let's let's head to you. We go to CJ in Montana. CJ, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. You know, I've never had respect for Dick Durbin until the words I heard him say that you uh, broadcast a while ago. It was so beautiful. I spent over 20 years in the United States Air Force. I was authorized access to certain classified information, but there's four words that need to be met by anybody except the President of the United States. Nothing like that applies to him. These four words are the need to know. If you do not meet that criteria, you are not granted access. I don't care what kind of uh, top secret or secret classification that you hold. Even an FBI agent, when they search, if they see a document, it says top secret or whatever, unless they've been briefed that they have access to that and they are authorized, they cannot. They are not authorized to open that folder or document. Let me ask These you this. Things are, yeah, I just want, let me ask you this question yes. since you've dealt with it. Is, is the other exemption, would it be the House and Senate Intelligence Committee? Since no, they, sir, nobody, even even Dick they, Durbin, even Dick Durbin, he probably holds a top secret clearance. Okay, and right. I, boy, I've got some respect for that man for the words that he said. Now, um, but even if he has a top secret clearance, as an example, if we had the Bin Laden raid, okay, if he didn't have a need to know that that operation was taking place, he wasn't briefed on that. Right. And, no and, and I know, need, but, but, we're, know. Right, but we're not just talking about I'm talking about those that in Congress that oversee the intelligence agencies, the House and the Senate intelligence agency. They're the ones that have that whatever the upper the the higher clearance to look at more documents is there is I guess my question would be, is there is there still a need they, to know there or. Who, and if there is, who sets that need to know 
for the House Intelligence Committee. It can't be the executive branch because they're a separate branch. Okay, I do not know how to answer that question. Okay. The only thing I know is from my experiences. My experiences is if I flew a mission, okay, there were people on that mission that were briefed about certain secret or top secret information on that mission that I was not allowed access to. But I was in the mission to perform a certain task. Therefore, I was briefed in a certain area the need to know of something to complete whatever uh, my task was or my profession was, okay, and rescue or survival, whatever I had to do. We even had a guy in our department that could not be in our parachuting area and rescue and survival for one reason. He had too many speeding tickets, so he could not get a secret clearance. That's how that's how sensitive these things are. Right. The vice president of the United the vice president of the United States or a senator, they could have a top secret clearance or a secret clearance, but they are not given information just because they have that clearance. Right. They right. have to have meet those four words. The need to know, and I have never heard that said all of this time. And I'm sitting there with my wife, and I'm saying. Hun, you know I flew missions and all of that. You were not allowed to know that, you know, things like that. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, nobody's mentioning the need to know. And yeah, you yeah. keep hearing, you, you keep hearing say, well, they have a clearance. They have a secret clearance. These lawyers and all of that. Right, the, right, the lawyers. I don't know. Right. Who, no, no, you make a great point. The lawyers that may, the, the lawyers that were in there, they don't have any type of uh they, they don't have any type of clearance whatsoever and even if somebody yeah, has a top secret clearance they may not have a need to know to go through those things need to know right great point thanks so much yeah. cj Thank now the, pre- the pre- yes sir the president of the united states none of that applies to right oh right man has yes the we, ultimate authority yeah. woman the ultimate authority. Right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks and so. enjoy listening to you guys. Thank, thank you, so CJ. Much. We appreciate your service yeah. in the call. Thank yeah, you. we we knew that about the 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 the, the president, and uh, that's I just. But but I believe that the uh, House Intelligence and the Senate Intelligence Committee have a, a wider uh, purview of of what goes on with the intelligence secrets because they are the ones that monitor the intelligence agencies. Right. And, and that's why it's so critical when you you look at. Uh, uh, Swalwell, you know, Swalwell and Adam Schiff and, you know, and what they did promoting lies and saying that the intelligence told them things, especially Schiff that wasn't there. But Swalwell, he had a relationship with a Chinese spy. Right. If you can't get top security clearance because of a traffic ticket or a number of traffic tickets, sorry, having a relationship with a Chinese spy, you're out. Let's go to Keith in Los Angeles. Keith, welcome. You're on Rod Eye Radio. Hi, Keith. Hey, how are you doing? Very good. Thanks for calling. You know, I, I, my, my, my thing is, uh, you know, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and Joe's brother, well, it seems there's like a domino effect here. You got uh, Hunter flying with his dad over there to uh, these different countries. And being that Joe Biden was a vice president, he literally, you know, they're not going to check security clearance, his bags. They're not going to check his phone. 
and this and that because he's with the vice president. The funny thing is, uh, Hunter's over there staying at this house. He's got all these documents. It's in a garage, which is insane. Uh, now, who's to say whether he did, I, I doubt he did photocopies, but he could have probably done a lot of copies on his phone. I'm just saying hearsay. Uh, and no one's going to security check him when he's flying with his dad to all these countries. So literally, uh, if you think about it, he literally had access, photos. He could have sold anything. The guy was on heavy drugs. He did anything to get everything he wanted, you know, regardless of going with uh, the strippers and all that and stuff. He always did anything he had to do to get what he wanted. Yeah. That's his the, dad, yeah. I can't say, you know, I can't say his dad, uh, I'm not a Biden fan, but I, you know, uh, all these domino effects, Joe Biden comes out with this speech saying, China, eh, China's nothing. Well, in Afghanistan, he gave him one of our greatest assets, which was, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the over the um, uh, the over the horizon capability, the over the horizon capability yeah. that we had to monitor what was going on in China. We gave that uh, yeah. we, we, we gave that up. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's a great point. Mm. And and one of the reasons that we, you know, that's one of the things we had in Afghanistan. You were able to have, you know, uh, more knowledge of what, you know, of what was going on in, in, in China. And we lost that ability. And that's a great point because what happens is everything, once once you're accused of influence peddling and once dots are being connected, anything that you do is perceived uh, can be perceived and definitely will be perceived by the opposition political party as a possibility of the payoff for the influence for you know for for the cash that your family got. That's just the reality of influence peddling, right? Right, and that's why I mean that's why you have the polling numbers that you have here. It's not just you know okay, there's a couple of class you know top secret documents. It is the entirety of this story, the entire thing, the entire Biden family and what they've been involved with. I heard this more yesterday. How did Biden become rich? How did Biden be? He was supposed to be, you know, the the he, poor guy he, in the Senate. He was supposed to be the poor guy in the Senate. How did he get rich? Where did, where did all of his money? Where did, where did all this money come from? What's going? And and so I mean it that that alone. People hear that. There yeah. was already the perception before we even got into the classified documents, even a year ago, even when the Democrats were saying that the Hunter Biden story was false and the laptop story was false and these things didn't happen and the media was going along with it and saying we're not reporting this story because it's not true. Still, the vast majority of Americans thought that Biden and his family had enriched himself by being in political office. Right. That was already out there by the polls. That's what he's dealing with. That's right. tough to overcome, especially when this news has come out over the last couple of weeks. And then everything that you do to respond either is, oh, it's no big deal, or the perception is you're lying. 
or you're evading. Right. Because that's what you're getting from the White House. And and again, it is over and over again on this whole thing. They have been they have been changing their non answers. That's what you look for. Any investigator looks for a change in the answers when the same individual or group of individuals or any person is being questioned. You look for their story to break. And on all of this, the story has been changing, it seems, every day. Even their non-answers are changing. And if I ever run for president because uh, I'm extremely young. Yeah, no, I you think know, you could get in uh, and, and serve <laughs> You know, probably two terms, nine, nine or ten terms, <laughs> nine or ten terms. Uh, my presidential spokesperson will definitely be my personal lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't that always the case? I mean, right? I know. <laughs> Sorry, we can't answer that question. Yeah. Sorry, we can't answer that question. Sorry, we can't answer Sorry. that question. Yeah. No comment. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. If uh, you would like to get in uh, on the uh, the show today, coming up, the Biden administration unveils their defense of the student loan forgiveness program at the uh, uh, Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Trump is back on uh, Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I don't right. know if he's posted yet, but he's back up. Yeah, yeah, they now, allowed him back on. Now you saw that, uh, you know that that. Uh, uh, I, I think he said or spokesperson said whatever that he is eventually going to be back on Twitter. To, and I did see a story saying if he does that, that means he need, has to he has to break the deal that he has with True Social. And, of course, if he's running for president, you want to be on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. But he had the the deal that he had to be on, you know, True Social eight hours beforehand. Mm-hmm. If he breaks that deal, is he all admitting that? His business venture of True Social is dead? Could be. Yeah. Because it's not going anywhere. No. True Social isn't going anywhere. Uh, and it's... I mean, what I mean is it's not... It's, it's not, not growing. It's not growing. No, and I think it's... And he... I don't think he's ever had a problem in the past saying, yeah, well, that didn't work. With as many bankruptcies as he's gone through, I think he's probably the one guy that would look at it and go, no, yeah, didn't work. And so if you're running, then you're going to have to be all over every social media platform. Now, be careful, because remember, when we brought this stuff up back in 2015, mm-hmm. a lot of his supporters said he has never failed ever at one business venture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has. And we listed him then. Yeah, I know. And we can list him again <laughs> if you need to. <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Now, this is interesting. You know, we had so much talk about what's going on with uh, with Biden and everything. By the way, download our app today and listen whenever, when and where you want. Uh, but, uh, you know, so much of the uh, vet gate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I just happened to see this today and I went, wow, okay. Because nobody really thinks of this much when you talk about... Uh, you know, the, uh, the the primaries, you know, for example, which will be coming up uh, a year from now. We'll be talking about it big mm-hmm. time. And uh, I just happened to see this yesterday in the uh, uh, University of New Hampshire poll on the 2024 New Hampshire Democratic presidential primary. Who is leading in New Hampshire for Democrats? Mm. This may give you an idea of how slim the pickings are. It is not Biden who leads. Biden is in second place. Can anybody guess in New Hampshire who leads? I'll give you a moment. Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Think about this. The person who is uh, who right now in the public's eye has been most criticized in the Biden administration for being incompetent as the secretary of transportation over and over and over again. He pulls in 23 percent of the vote in New Hampshire. Biden, 18. Uh, Elizabeth Whining Warren, 18 Bernie Sanders, 15, AOC, 6, Klobuchar, 5, <laughs> Harris, 2, Newsom, 1, Warnock, 1. Now, the thing is, none of these people have announced that they're running for president of the United States, even though people assume Biden is going to be at least pre-Corvette Gate. Mm. Who knows what he him may you know may do uh, now, but think about it. I would just assume that even though Newsom's maybe it's because Newsom had that statement a couple of, but a month ago, yeah, where he said he has no intention of running even if Biden doesn't run. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe that's why you would just expect Newsom to be on the top. Pete Buttigieg. That's basically we have nobody. That's basically the Democratic Party saying we got nobody else. We just don't have anybody. Well, I mean, it, it really is for that group looking at it saying, we want somebody, we want to do nothing somebody. <laughs> and he's the perfect do nothing somebody. <laughs> and for our side, he comes with no baggage. And you know something? We Here's another thought I had. You know, with Biden, we won by hiding him. Buttigieg has been hiding do an awful lot we just don't see him and then he gets criticized but he's really not around much he'll come out for a couple of days and he disappears again goes down the hole the difference is nobody's looking for Buttigieg (laughs) (laughs) that makes it much easier to hide but I think they are looking for a hider well I think that they're probably looking for some somebody I just described 
somebody who can hide in plain sight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's doing interviews and nobody even notices. That's it what I'm saying. <laughs> I saw one anchor. Oh, one anchor. You know, it's, this would probably be a good day to have a transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, on. Uh, his co-host. Uh, we just finished an interview with him <laughs> just now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good morning. Don't forget to wear pants. Um, it is, you know, it is one of those things where you you probably look at this and say, "We need somebody with no baggage." So you got you have to go down the list and cross off. You know, Hillary, 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 and Hillary. And then you cross off, of course, Biden. Well, who's left? Mayor Pete. Spartacus isn't on the list anymore. He's not. No, that's over. That's over. But I I, I really look at it and say, because... I think for the party nationally, I think they're still looking at Newsom. But in this case, I think they look, you know, at New Hampshire, they, they look, well, you know what? Mayor Pete, why? Well, you, you really don't. There, there's, there's nothing to promote, but there's also nothing you have to cover up. You know, there's he really is the type of candidate who can hide in plain sight. You know, Newsom is a lot more vulnerable. And by the way, lately he hasn't seemed strong at all. No, he hasn't. He's trying no. to come out strong, but it, it just, it, it, to me, it just isn't, it isn't uh, working. You know, it's fascinating how, when somebody is not in the public eye much, you sit there and you go, oh, okay, that's pretty good. And then when they, the more they get in the public eye, you realize their weaknesses. Now, with Newsom, his biggest weakness, I mean, he probably has the look that a lot of people would like to see in a, in, in a, in a president because, frankly, probably a significant portion of Americans are probably mm, not wanting uh, uh, an older president again. They look at it and say, well, for God's sakes, is there nobody younger? Is it the people that have been in Congress <laughs> or, or we've known them for the last 50 years? Is yeah. there nobody younger? And, you know, and so you look at somebody like Newsom, but again, his baggage is California. And I think yeah. you said it best when, and you said it again, this, uh, was it, was it on guns this week? I forgot what it was. It on. was actually during the, the pre-show meeting. And it was on guns, yeah. And, and you just and you just said, "Wow, he just." And you had said this uh, back a couple of months ago that he lives in the bubble of California, mm-hmm. so he had this confidence. For example, when he was going after Newsom, because in his world everything is California. Mm-hmm. That's what he hears from all the time, right. and so he assumes that everybody is as radical left, and you believe that you can just. Take what you have here in the bubble that you're living, and you think, well, America, all these people agree with me. All I have to do is go out to America. They're going to agree with me also, and that's not the case. Because and California is a big bubble. That's not a yeah. small bubble. It's a, you know, it's a huge bubble. You know, and so that, 
he has not been tested outside of that. And it changes, as we all know, vastly outside of California. You know, I was looking, I forgot, let me just uh, go real quick here, look, because mm. we, have, we have said that, tell me what issue um, that uh, Democrats lead on. What is the issue that Democrats, and we've been asking this question for a long, 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 long time. What is the issue that Democrats are winning on? Uh, and, you know, we, you know, it'll come up, well, abortion, not really. And when you look at it, uh, the uh, majority of Americans want more restrictions than what, uh, you know, than what Democrats have. They view that the Democrat position is is pretty radical. And I forgot, I saw a senator, I'm looking here, I forgot where I saw it. But, uh, oh, I just you know, saw it here in the last hour, mm. giving a speech on uh, abortion and bringing up all the points that we did. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about abortion and you, you, you talk about, uh, you know, if you're going to argue uh, the 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 pro life uh, side of it, hmm. it's not really hard because it's the argument that I not the argument it's the discussions that I've had with uh, since last year since the Dobbs decision with every woman who said they're pro choice and whose first argument was you know uh, a woman gets to choose and that's final. And I said, okay, fine. So you believe in uh, abortion up to birth? Well, no. So you believe there should be restrictions, right? Well, then you don't believe in a overall woman's right because you're stating that you believe at one point the fetus becomes a human being. And then it's unacceptable after a point, and you're saying the woman is no longer in charge. Well, you're actually giving the pro-life argument. Right. You're just on a later time. They're on an earlier time. Right. So there is not really a debate anymore because the vast majority of Americans believe that abortion up to birth is wrong and that destroys the argument. And the senator was making that exact. I'm like, wow, must be listening to our show. Hmm. He's making the exact same art. He's making the same, uh, same exact same discussion. And every woman who brought that up to me and I didn't bring it up. It was the, the, it happened three times and all the discussions were, uh, I just generally met with, was with a bunch of people and somebody found out I was a talk show host and it happened within that month period. Oh, you conservative. So you don't believe in a woman's right. Well, woman's right to what? An abortion. Well, you do. Yes. Oh, so although you believe in abortion up to birth, well, no. So you're saying there should be restrictions. Yes. Well, then you don't believe in a woman's right. And everyone, I got this stare. Now, the one woman that I met, and this was a woman in New York when this happened, and her husband was right there. His husband looked at his wife, who I was having the discussion, and she started, I didn't start any of these discussions. Uh, it, it was just when somebody found out what I did for a living, uh, he's conservative, yeah, and that was the first thing. Hmm. He had the biggest smile on his face. And he looked at her and he said, gotcha. And she just said, well, yeah, I bet yeah, the yeah. rest of their evening went well. They seemed to get along very well. I mean, it was he seemed like she because she actually admitted, OK, you have a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all did. They all said, OK, 
Yeah, yeah, but 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 there should be. I said, but you're just arguing. You're arguing a different timeline. Hmm. But your your every single one of them, their major art, you know, debate point was it's a woman's right exclusively. There is no other. There is no other discussion to be had, and that's right. what you hear, right? Yep. That's okay. Fine, then you believe it up, up to birth. Well, no. So you believe there should be restrictions? Yeah. How long? Well, it all depends. 15 weeks, 18 weeks. Well, then it isn't a woman's right once the baby becomes a human being by whatever your standard is. Yeah. And you're not really sure what your standard is, but you believe at some point that fetus becomes a human being and it's unacceptable and the woman doesn't get to choose. So it's not a woman's body. It's a woman's body versus the baby's body. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and and that's politically the problem that that uh, they have. And so that's the one issue that, you know, they thought they were extremely strong on. But other than that, tell me one issue, one issue where the Democrats dominate with the American public. There isn't one. Well, and that's, you know, that's just it. And I think, you know, the New Hampshire poll is indicative, at least for the people of New Hampshire uh, that that are Democrats indicative of well we really want a and you think about it until he runs and i mean has a real place on the stage let's say that were to hold nationally that that pete Buttigieg, you know was ahead of biden that would it would start to change because at some point and we told this that we've been saying this to Andrew Yang for a long time. At some point, you're going to be asked questions directly about certain issues. You're going to have to, when you get on the national stage, you've got to you've got to take a position. And you may say that you know the people of uh, New Hampshire quite possibly may look at a mayor Pete and say, "Well, but yeah, he's you know okay, he's young. There's no controversy, no no baggage. Well, yeah, but he he hasn't really run." in a meaningful way. I know he's run before, but he didn't run in a meaningful way where he was the focus of the scrutiny being vetted properly by the national media, but also by the people of this country. Well, I I think that's exactly, I think you hit the point exactly, which is Buttigieg is sort of like the forward party. Yeah. They're looking for someone who we don't care about opinion, who fits the image or whatever. Exactly. And, and uh, who, who can talk but really never discuss the issues out there. Right. I really think that's what they're looking Now, you can't survive in this day and age, uh, you know, I, I believe by by doing that in, in politics, but they believe they can because I think most Democrats don't un- believe that they can convince the American public that they're right on the issues. Well, and and I, I think that's it. So I you, think, need, you need I the think, image. I think the party quite possibly could be looking for somebody who really isn't doesn't have, you know, this hardline opinion, uh, a position or history of hardline, uh, you know, uh, uh, back and forth on issues. I think they kind of want a milk toast kind of candidate because they think that that is a good thing. They see someone like that 
and look at an Andrew Yang and the, the what the milk toast party. What what's no, party it should called? be no. That's what you should call it the milk. I, I was thinking this. We think the exact same thing that went through my mind. I go, we should call them the milk toast party, and then you said it. But, but no, the, they, the forward they, party because that's what they're about. Well, the, see. Because I'm not left or right. Well, actually, you are because you're voting Democrat. And I want somebody who's in the middle, too. Well, that's not the middle. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Welcome and good morning. You know, I'm just, uh, I just decided to look because we had talked about the Ford party and, you know, just how Buttigieg, because of the New Hampshire poll that was done where he's leading, it's like, well, he's like a forward party candidate. Eh, don't don't really know what his opinions are, but uh, does he have the, uh, the right uh, uh, image? So I decided to go to their uh, website again. Here it is. Welcome to the forward party. They're, I swear to God, they have the mentality of children. Everything is issues, Eric. You, you and I both know it. Everything yeah. is the issues. Right. Forward Party is fighting for the American people with practical common sense solutions. We just won't tell you what they are. While right. other political parties look to divide America into different camps, the Forward Party aims to bring them together. Join us on the most critical mission of our era, building the foundation for a representative and stable democracy. Not left, not right, forward. <laughs> You know, I wish they would do a daily briefing because I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Look, uh, and and we see this, you and I have been doing this long enough to know, and anybody actually can see it, and you should know, they should know, that people want to be in one group. Or the other. There are a number of people that say, well, I'm an independent. I'm not left or right. But when you question them, they are. They are. Yeah. There are people that can, you could say, yep. I am uh, fiscally conservative, socially liberal. And right. I get what you mean. You could say that. And I kind of know where you stand. But when people say, well, I, you know, what we need is someone in the middle. That's not how it's going to work. And they're going to look at it at, and, and it's, you know, you could try and, or the media could try and label a person and say, well, no, this person's in the middle. I could see them right now because this happened when Pete ran before. Uh, well, see, Republicans and Democrats have great respect for him. Uh, it, it's, that's fine. But where does he stand? on the issues is the question if we need a ribbon cutter then <laughs> fine but we need a president well you have that's to. what we're looking but for. you've got to wear the ribbon yeah <laughs> who will wear the ribbon individual
the fourth branch of government. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric. I'm Gary, Eight six six ninety Red Eye. So I, I just for the heck of it, because we had, we had, if you just tuned in right now, we were looking at uh, the New Hampshire poll by the University of New Hampshire on the Democratic primary. And Pete Buttigieg is the top selection for Democrats in New Hampshire. It's like, mm. And we started talking about how he is the perfect forward party candidate. You know, really doesn't really doesn't get into the issues much. Talks a lot of, uh, you know, circular logic and and uh, and a lot of rhetoric. And yeah, so we mentioned the forward party, and I just thought, well, let me go to the website to see if they have a platform yet. And they have. There's a section platform. You ready for their platform? Okay, right. there's a platform. Free people. Revitalize a culture that celebrates difference and individual choice, rejects hate, and removes barriers so that each of us can rise to our full potential. I help you out at all? No. Thriving communities revigorate a fair, flourishing economy and open society where everyone can live a good life and is safe in the places where we learn, work, and live. That sounds a lot like make america great again but yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) vibrant democracy Mm. reform our republic to give americans more choices in elections more confidence in a government that works and more say in our future translation we'd like to be on the debate stage as a party Uh, and that's it yeah you know uh, except for they want ranked choice voting. I don't. No. Absolutely don't. No. Nonpartisan primaries. No. No. Parties should have their their own pro- – they shouldn't be open. Right. Because why? Because I'm about ideas. Independent redistricting commissions, voters should be choosing. I don't know how you do that. How do you do that? Right. That's the, the devil's always – in the details. Well, because so you say the word independent, but how do those, how do you populate those <clears throat> committees? Right. But it, it's, it is and going to be political one way or the and, other. And you got to change the constitution to do that anyway. Yeah, right. Oh, that's a small thing. So, well, I mean, a, but, <laughs> that we can work around. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, so, again, they're, they're, you know, they're starting to take positions, but again, not on the actual, I mean, election issues, but what? Where do you stand on the issues? Right, and that's where they haven't taken any stance. Well, still and whatsoever. when they talk about you know thriving economic you know communities and feeling safe in the places where they work and live, well, are you saying more law enforcement? Are you saying law and order? Or are you saying like the people at Google they need to feel like they have a safe space from their employer? I mean, I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because you weren't precise. Exactly. Well, it's it's like going to a website saying, oh, what's that new store on the on the corner in my neighborhood? I'm going to look. At, well, they, look, they have a website. Go to the website. We sell things and stuff. <laughs> we believe you should come here to buy those things. And, well, you know, it's. When people are looking for a candidate, it gets down to the issues. I need you to do my bidding. These are the issues. 
I remember having a debate, this goes back a few years, with a former, uh, with a friend and former colleague. She couldn't believe I was saying things like, I send people, when I vote for someone, I'm sending their, them there to do my bidding. Well, thanks for admitting that. And I said, you're doing the same thing and not admitting it. That's what you're doing. You want a person to do these things and to stand for these things. Because if you're looking for someone to go there, if you're looking for a candidate to change who you are, well, I don't know what to tell you because it tells me you really don't have opinions. But you do have opinions and the fact of the matter is, is that we send people there to do our bidding. That's what it's all about. And I, I like that she thought she got you on something. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's. Well, thanks for admitting that. Yeah. Well, thanks. For, I can't believe you're admitting that. Actually, I promote that. It's a, a all night radio show. It's on hundreds of stations. It's been around for a few minutes. These are the things, though, that they can't get their head around if you're on the left, and she is. You can't get your head around that. Oh, no, but he's he's young. He's openly gay. Okay. And? It's the image I want. See, we need somebody. And, and it's the image. A I'm, lot of it comes down to the stuff that he says in interviews. And I go back to the, um, it was last year, I think, talking about the uh, the EVs. Well, see, what we need is we need the prices of the EVs to come down. Well, we had to translate that. We stopped the audio and, 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 and tore it apart and said, well, what he means is we need more taxpayer money right. to get into the game. We need you to pay for somebody or, else's car. Well, we need you to pay for the rich who wish to have an electric vehicle mm -hmm. as a showpiece. Right. And, you know, it's and and everybody was the media was treating him like and, and he really has been at times a media darling. I mean, when they pay attention to mm -hmm. him and they will the media will the mainstream and liberal media will say, well, see, even Republicans have respect for him. Where does he stand on the issues? So I, I don't know. I don't me. know him as a person. I don't have anything yeah. against him personally. It is where any individual who wants to run for office stands on the issues. I, that's it, it, it's stupid that we have to say it. It's, but it, those are the very basics. Of the political landscape. <laughs> Where do they stand on the issues? I don't get it anymore, and, but I'll never forget when... Probably it was in the 90s more. Well, you're quite opinionated. Well, yeah. So, you do that for a living. Like, you're opinionated on everything, aren't you? As if, like, with, the, with that tone in, as if that's a bad thing. Well, you're opinionated on everything. No, yeah. I'm not. Well, what do you think about this? You have no opinion. Now, there are that small minority, that 7 8%, when you ask him a question on anything, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
But I bet you if you dig deeper, you know, and say, okay, do you actually have an opinion or are you just trying to avoid <laughs> well, being, being asked the question or being polled? I've never met in my life. And now they may have different tones. They may be softer in their opinion. But I've never met a human being in my life that doesn't hold opinions on everything. And the only opinions they may not hold is if they're not sure. Right. Of the specifics of a particular issue. And then they would have questions. But those questions would be based on trying to form an opinion on that issue. And so we sit there and it's like, well, not everybody has these these uh these uh you know these strong held opinions yeah they do they do and here's the beauty of our voting system when done right is that you can step into the booth and you don't have to conduct a talk show in fact you don't have to tell anybody how you voted that's all down to you you don't have to you don't have to talk about uh or write about or issue at all your opinions, but you do have them, and and there's the difference. That's what people, you know. Uh, well, it's yeah, but you you guys, it's you've got opinionated on every. Well, everybody is opinionated. Not everybody issues their opinion. Right, exactly. What what I've always wanted to respond though is, and it just doesn't happen much anymore, probably because I hide, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Mayor Gary, <laughs> but it was it was when when people would come up to me and say you're just opinionated on everything. I mean, like you've got these strong opinions on 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 everything, and I've heard you on the air, and you're just strong. You have these opinions about everything all the time, and I'm like, well, you have opinions, you have strong opinions. No, I don't. Well, sure you do. You have such a strong opinion that you object to me having such a strong opinion that your voice. And your tone is extremely angry and maybe condescending that I have opinions. So you've got a strong opinion that you don't like me because I've got a strong opinion. Mm -hmm. I love it. Everybody has opinions and you don't, it's not required that you issue the opinions. Now we get paid for our opinions, but (laughs) it's not the, what a gig, you know, it is not required to be a voter. No. You can, and again, you can step into the booth and. Yeah, but the whole forward party, it's, it's childishness. You know, well, okay, we're just, we're just going to throw out nice rhetoric that sounds really good. And that's what we're going to form a political party on. Yeah. Well, they. Good luck with that. What, what they, what they wrote here is we're for good things. We're against <laughs> bad things. <laughs> Stand with us and be for good things. And that's you know the it, it's it is such a childish yeah. approach. It's the old I'm not right, I'm not left, I'm right in the middle where everybody should be. Okay, where do you stand on this? Well, you're, and then you're conservative there, right? I mean, you may hold conservative and liberal opinions. Yeah. Again, the second but, item, you know, if you're wanting uh, communities to thrive and also people to feel safe where they work and where they live, okay. You're talking about pro-economic policy and uh, the... Not necessarily. And the, you, well, could, you could be a Democrat. You might well, think a society well, no, no, thrives no, no. Let me, by... Let me finish here. By giving wealth. So, so you're, you're talking, uh, until you clarify, you're talking about pro-economic... In my mind, I'm hearing make America great again. That's my whole point. Yeah. 
I'm not until you tell me the specifics by of, not how taking, of how you're going to do it. By not <laughs> taking an opinion, you've allowed me to issue to apply my own opinion to it. And not in a way like Obama did with Hope and Change, where people just take the blank canvas of Hope and Change and then just paint whatever picture they want. You, you pointed at something specific that you say is an issue, a couple of issues in this case. And what you pointed out was, I want pro-economic policy and I want law and order in communities. And until you get specific, that's what you told me. Well, guess what? Someone else may say, as a liberal, uh, that sounds like great. make America great again and have more police uh, presence in communities. Or, and I don't like that. Or it could be we redistribute income. We redistribute income and we have the psychologists out there instead of police. Yeah, or we're going to force employers to make people feel safe in the workplace. Yes. That's that's the whole that's the whole thing is that then somebody else reads it and says, oh, this sounds like this is what they're trying to do. And until you get specific, you've done nothing but muddy the waters even further. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Check out all the latest in news, events, trucking information, and podcasts. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 I saw this story and completely forgot about it when we were having, when we were having our discussion earlier about Biden and the top secret documents. Mm-hmm. The CNN report yesterday that the Department of Justice uh, was willing to seek a search warrant if Biden had not agreed uh, to a consent uh, to search the, uh, the, the, the property. Right. CNN reported yesterday. And uh, just when we were having the discussion, I should have just specifically put that in there. But I just just forgot. Uh, but the the thing there is, remember, that changes everything. Because remember, what they were trying to imply was, remember, well, we invited them in. We decided, like, as if we decided to invite them in. No, the Department of Justice said, we want to search. And, you know, we want to search or we're getting a search warrant. Okay, you can come in. And that was like the, the so I guess technically, <laughs> either let me in your house or I'm going to break it down. Okay, then you can come in. And then you tell people later on, oh, yeah, I invited them to come over. Yeah. That's what Andrew McCarthy wrote about last week. He yeah. said, look, you know, it was clear. They they basically laid it out. The DOJ laid it out. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. I tend to believe now they're at a stalemate. Because, yeah, they can get a search warrant if they want to keep searching, if they have reason to believe. And, by the way, they have reason to believe that there could be more documents elsewhere. And the same scenario, I believe, is likely playing out right now. And the question is, is the Biden camp saying to the DOJ, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see you execute a now, search they, warrant. They say they were willing to do it, but CNN, yeah. but the sources said the possibility of right. a warrant did not arise in the discussions. Uh-huh. But that they were willing to do it. Well, were yeah. they? Or is this just... Yeah, Merrick Garland has to be the one to make that right. call. Or the attorney out of Chicago.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.